Welcome back to Paying for Attention, a podcast where we talk about paid media myths and solutions and common issues to paid media. And today we are going to be talking about 12 reasons your landing page hates you. And joining me today, we've got Keegan Brown. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's just go ahead and just dive right in. Number one, uh, attention ratio. Your attention ratio on your landing page is off. So what this is is basically what the attention ratio is the number of links on your landing page versus the number of campaign um, conversions or the conversion goals on your landing page. So uh, a lot of times with some of the websites we see or the landing pages we see is that the links on the page are just astronomical. They're like 40 to 60 different links and a lot of that's due to like internal links or social media links or reviews even that go off site or um, a lot of it is also based on the navigation. So you, that aspect of the attention ratio of the links versus the conversion goals um, you could have like you know a soft download, a contact us, a um, call for a free quote, uh, fill out a form for a free quote. Um, geez, it goes on. I mean, there's a, there's a lot. Even uh, newsletter sign up. So there's all those on that side. So you've got the links, and then you've got the conversion goals, and you really want to kind of get that down to one-to-one. A lot of times that's just it's not happening. We're not seeing it. And the reason why you wanted to get it to one-to-one is because when you set up the expectation with that ad campaign, and we'll be talking a lot about this, is so you set up that expectation. Say, for instance, like uh, the search intent of the user is wanting to find some apples. So they get an ad in front of them. For lack of better examples, of we'll use apples. They're wanting delicious apples sent to their doorsteps, right? And so they find an ad. Uh, the ad gives it everything they need that about apples and getting it to their doorsteps they click on it they go to a landing page and the landing page is less about apples more about fruit in general okay um that gets into a little bit of a relevance issue but not only that is there's all different types of fruit um they all have different links and they want you to sign up they want you to call there's multiple conversion goals it doesn't match exactly what and we'll talk more about relevance a little bit but when you get to that landing page it should be about the apples that they saw on the ad right and the conversion goal should be plain and simple um, so when you make a landing page you want your intention ratio to be one to one that one link is that that's the conversion goal on that page and so they're going to your landing page with that expectation they know what they're getting into clicking on an ad um, users aren't dumb so they know what they're getting into, so give that to them and not give them um, the runaround or the distractions of the rest of your site of being able to go off somewhere else. Okay, number two, um, your CTA doesn't stand out, and, that stand, and this happens in multiple ways. It can either be due to encapsulation, it can be due to um, your CTA being camouflaged. First with encapsulation is, is the form actually physically encapsulated um, is it off to the side and does that encapsulation help it make it stand out 
so you know where that form is. The other is, is your branding causing issue with camouflaging your button in your CTA? Is it blending in with everything? That's why I use the term camouflaging. Does your brand color affect its noticeability? Is it, is it noticeable? Is it uh, standing out like it should? If it's camouflaged with your branding color, try looking at your secondary color palette with your branding. Um, uh, try finding a complementary color to make it stand out. The idea is don't let your CTA be buried and blend in. It needs to stand out. Number three, ad relevance. Your ad relevance is off. And we talked a little bit about this um, with attention ratio, right? If your search, in, search intent for the user is finding apples, right? They want to find delicious apples to be sent to their doorstep. Their search is met by an appropriate ad. The ad entices them enough to where they click on it. They then go to the landing page. What should be on that landing page? You set up the expectation of apples with the ad and you met them because the searcher, the user found it, and now they're at the landing page and it's about miscellaneous fruit. The relevance is off. Um, it doesn't match with what the ad campaign is. And we gotta start thinking about the whole conversion funnel, that whole customer journey from search intent all the way through um, the conversion on your landing page because it's all about meeting um, meeting expectations. I think those are really good points, Dan. I think uh, in addition, just making sure that if your ad says apples, the landing page also says apples, but also making sure that that call to action that you set up in the ad is uh, is met uh, on the landing page. So if you say browse apples, you should have a section on that landing page that says browse. If you just get send them to a landing page that has one picture of an apple, that's not really setting up the right expectations. Or if it's purchase, when they get there, they need to know where to buy, how to do that within a few seconds. So um, matching ad relevance to the landing page all along with that call to action. Thank you. Okay, number four, copywriting. Um, so this plays off again with relevance, and each of these all kind of tie into some point, but let's talk about the copywriting of your landing page. Um, with going from the ad, that headline should carry forward over to your landing page. And the reason why it needs to do that is because of relevance, um, as we've stated many times before, it sets up the expectation within your ad. You meet that expectation once you arrive to the landing page, it not only lets the user know that they have arrived in the right place, but it also gives an idea of exactly what the page is going to be about. The rest of the copywriting throughout that page should be little headlines that go further into providing more information about your proposition for the page or your conversion for the page that you're going towards. So, and on top of those little sub-headlines, you need to start thinking about um, are the answers the appropriate length? Uh, or, you know, are they, do they have the appropriate questions? Um, are using bullet points to provide benefits versus features? For example, um, you just can't say homegrown delicious red apples. You need to say um, organic delicious red apples that will make you feel healthy, which is an extreme example, but you need to show the benefit of that and saying what is it in it, what's in it for them, what's in it for the user. Um, put yourself in their shoes and just say, well, I want out of it. What's the value out of it? And that helps with the copywriting too. 
don't overcram the page with tons of paragraphs and everything. Just make it scannable, and we'll talk about scanning in a little bit. But let's go on to number five. Your form fill quality. Um, are you asking too much information? Uh, straight up, you know, you, you need to know the appropriate fields to that's required for your form uh, for you to get the lead. And if that's three fields, very minimal, good, that's great. If it's, uh, I would say if it's over five or six or more, then I think you should start looking into a two-step um, conversion form that will that will help break it up and make it easier. You always have to look at a field or the fields in a form as if there's a lot, visually does it look overwhelming? Because that visual aspect of the, of the form, it can easily make it look like it takes too long to fill out. And that's why you go into breaking it up with a two-step form because it makes it look a lot easier to manage and take control of. Um, so the rule of thumb with the fields is only ask what you really truly need. Uh, and if it's getting too big, then break it up into multiple steps. And when you do that, alert the user with the expectation of how many steps it's going to be and maybe a progress bar of where they're currently at with those steps. Number six, low payoff. Here's a big one. The amount of information you're essentially providing, um, it doesn't match the quality of the content you're giving. So say, for instance, you have a soft download um, the behind, behind the forum. You fill out the forum, you get this download, and you get this PDF, you open it up, and it's essentially the same information that's on the landing page. Um, was it really worth downloading? Did you really create a good brand experience out of that? No. Um, is it worth a lead? No. You'll, you'll, you won't get anything good out of that because you're not providing valuable information. A landing page should provide just the right amount of copy and information to persuade you into converting and getting more information that builds on top of that. So if you're going 50%, go all the way 100% with whatever, if it's that download, then that's the other 50%. But you intrigue them enough to where they want to get more information, and then it pays off in the end. So in the end, you need to look at your conversions um, and how are you working towards that and uh, does it pay off? And just to add to that, Dan, I think in addition to making sure that that piece of content or whatever they're filling out a form for gives them the value, but also making sure that you give them enough value up front in that description of the landing page, in that call to action, uh, giving them enough information that they know that they're going to get value out of it. Uh, if if you just say download this ebook, um, I need to know why. What is it going to do for me? Is it going to help increase my sales? Is it going to uh, help uh, you know reduce the time I spend on a certain project? Um, is it you know are there any trust signals showing that? So I think that there's a lot that you have to do up front to make sure that you give enough. Uh, otherwise, you're just not really giving a good uh, experience, and then. Especially if I if I am going to be looking at you know a, a one page case study of something and you want eight different form fields, kind of going back to your point about form fields, if you want all this information from me and I'm getting a, maybe a one page case study, that's a very low payoff. I don't want to do that. I you know I shouldn't have to be going through all that trouble just for a, a simple download. Um, and from there throughout that entire experience and back to your point about 
not providing a kind of a poor quality asset. Um, it's it's all about that customer experience, and if you don't have that, you might get that lead maybe, but it's going to be very difficult to convert them into a a customer if if that ex- whole experience is is poor for them. Yeah, those are awesome points. Thank you. Um, it's number seven. Your layout sucks, right? We're going to talk a little bit about design here. Um, let's talk about flow. Does your landing page flow well? Not only with the copy, we're starting off with the headline and the subheadlines, but does it make a logical sense? Does it not necessarily have a narrative, but does it flow like a narrative from start to finish? Um, that helps it make it scannable, but it also makes the information presented to the user um, in a more digestible way. What, in addition, can help with that is having enough space for your content to breathe on the landing page. Don't overstuff it. Give spacing in between each section. Give spacing between your copy, the images, to allow for the page to breathe and not be congested and too noisy. Make sure that the CTA um, is above the fold. That's a huge thing. Make sure it's above the fold. And if it's somewhat of a longer landing page and that works for you, make sure that the CTA is above the fold, but also you can have one at the bottom of the page too. So you're capturing, you have that opportunity to capture your audience both ways, right? So the other things you can look out for if your layout sucks is not just that it's crammed in and noisy, it feels outdated in design, um, is poor imagery. Sometimes, you know, the imagery doesn't match up. We can talk about relevance again. You know, if we say apples and then we're showing like um, a really poor camera quality or a phone camera quality of like apples on your family vacation trip to the Apple Orchard. So, I mean, you got to look at the quality of the image you're providing, right? You can find some real easy, great, uh, free public domain stock images with Unsplash or Pexels. Um, you can go to one of those, unsplash.com or pexels.com, and you find some great images there for your for your landing page. Just be sure that you're finding uh, the appropriate, relevant images and that you're not over-cramming the whole thing with way too many images. Number eight. Um, I love Nielsen Norman Group. They're awesome when it comes to UX and studies, and they released uh, a study. A, a statistic about uh, web pages. Um, and number eight is about is your page scannable? They said 79% of people scan a web page rather than reading every word. So, what that's saying is that we're looking at headlines, we're looking at the space, we're looking at the general, um, we're looking at the page in general at a very basic view, right? And we're seeing. Um, we're seeing if it's something we want to want to dive into. If it's scannable or not relies on, again, kind of the layout. Um, and it really comes down to if you want to take a few seconds and just, I would suggest just scan your page. See if it's clear and where the CTA is. Uh, do you know its benefits off the bat? Is there too much information going on? Is it is, do the headers and subheaders reinforce the benefits? Can images help? Uh, do the bullet list helps? Can you can you gather all that information just by scanning it real quick? And um, in addition to the flow, when we talk about 
you know, the images being and the design elements being appropriately organized in a well-designed manner, that helps make the that makes the page a little bit more easily scannable, uh, and you'll be able to digest that information a little bit quicker um, if it's really well organized, and, and then that will help the user actually want to stay on the page. Okay, number nine. No trust signals. Oh man, boy, I love trust signals. Um, you know the best trust signals to use on a landing page are probably these uh, the reviews, um, five star reviews. So it's it's important to not just use a quote um, or the just don't throw up the review on the page. Um, sometimes. They'll put reviews, uh, I'll see reviews on landing pages, but they won't have like the stars on it. Um, look for those five-star reviews and show the literal stars because those are trust signals. Some other trust signals that you could use too are written or video testimonials. Uh, video testimonials can go a long way. Uh, the, you know, security, membership, guaranteed, or even like a sales tag or e-commerce badge, um, branding, that's a big thing. Uh, so brands that you've worked with or that you're associated with, um, you know, if you have a product, um, these companies and showing their logos use this product as well. That builds a lot of trust. Jumping into number 10, this one's a little bit unexpected. Um, page load times. You have three seconds. Um, three seconds to scan the page, three seconds for the page to load properly before people just bounce out. And I'm just going to briefly give you a quick idea of some of the things that can be make that can make your landing page suck because it won't load. Um, too many uncompressed images. You can have images on your page, but if they're not compressed properly, they're going to bog down that page load time. Your page is too long. Sometimes, if you have too many images and your page is a really long landing page, well, you know, it's going to slow you down. I'm sorry. Too much JavaScript. This is often this is often overlooked. Say, for instance, you have a um, branded ad campaign that's sending traffic or those who click on your ad to a specific product page on your website, um, and you have a fancy WordPress theme. Uh, you're using a lot of plugins, and you're using a slider, and there's a lot of JavaScript in the back end of your site. That can slow down page load time, and again, people will bounce if it takes too long for the page to load. Um, sometimes people put downloads on a page too. Um, you know, again, branded. You send traffic to a product page. They get there. There's a free download on it. There's a PDF attached to that page. It's going to slow down the, the page load speed, and people are going to run. Number eleven, no consistency, and this builds off a little bit off of the. Uh, we talked about layout, right? So consistency is really important. It's like super important. Um, there's a study by 3M Corporation that concluded that we process visual information 60,000 times faster than text. That's, that's like, that's an insane number to think about really. Um, so referencing back what we talked about layout, referencing back to about the page being more scannable, right? If we are digesting or taking in that information 60 times faster than text, that information is really just the design elements. Um, is it 
clean, simple, easy looking design layout that we can easily digest, right? So that layout, the images, the shapes, the colors, the fonts, um, general shape of a font, all that's processed first. So with that in mind, design is really literally language and that language um, needs to be consistent from top to bottom on the page. Think about it, the amount of information that we're providing to people. If we're throwing all these different types of colors throughout and all these different, like five to 10 different fonts or 10 to 20 different colors and all these different images, then that's a complex design language we're talking about. Instead, keep the fonts down to two to three, keep the colors down to four to six, and keep in mind how we can introduce a design language as something simple. Number 12, United A-B testing. E-Consultancy said that 50% of uh, businesses um, improved year over year because they, they, they were testing. Their conversion rates improved year over year because they were testing. That's 50. So half the people out there are getting it. Um, a lot of the times people will give the excuses of, you know, they don't have the time or the resources and it's just... Uh, we, we don't have time to sit down and do that. We, we don't have the people to do that. Um, but the benefits of sitting down and figuring that out are extreme. They're wonderful, actually. Think about it. I mean, the benefits really are, um, yes, increased conversion rate, but you can decrease your cost per lead. And that's massive. And putting up a little time up front to find the right resources to do testing um, you know it can the benefits are long-lasting and you learn a lot about your audience as well so say for instance we use unbounce for landing pages we also use Google optimize in addition to that we attach uh, Google tag manager to get more information about uh, about the page we also do heat mapping and Google Analytics so there's a lot of information you can gather from a landing page to see what's working, what's not. Now, the type of test that you do, that's dependent upon your industry and your business, but I always recommend that you do small incremental tests, um, nothing massive and changing, just because you wanna see what works and what doesn't. And by changing a headline and testing against the original, that variant test, you'll be able to see, well, that, that didn't work where it did work, they really responded. Um, now you're probably saying, can there be that massive of a difference between just changing a headline? And I would say 100% absolutely. I've seen it many times. I've changed, I've used dynamic text and seen an improvement with some clients and I've seen um, making the uh, headline more relevant to the ad campaign uh, jump from a 3% converting landing page to um, a conversion rate of 15% by by changing that headline alone, and that's it. And then I've seen um, a page with a, gosh, it was a 800%, which is an extreme number, but it was an 800% conversion rate lift um, because after an extended period of time, we weren't seeing any improvements with incremental changes. And after four tests, I decided, it's a new it needs a new page layout and so it did a new page layout and it did and what we put did was we threw the actual form in the middle of the page so it like interrupted the, the copy and the content of the whole page and 
So it was right there in the middle of the fold. And you had to go through it to get through anything. And that jumped drastically. That gave such a massive conversion lift that it uh, blew the client's mind away. And so you don't know until you try. And so it's important to do A-B testing, absolutely. So wrapping up, what I would say is of these, all these things, first important thing, make sure your intention ratio is really kind of one-to-one, -one, close as you can get. And two, A-B test. Please A-B test. It's important that you test your landing page to try to increase your conversions. And if you do these two things amongst all these other uh, great options we threw out at you today, then, then I think you'll see a, a massive conversion rate lift um, as well as, you know, start bringing down your CPLs, which is great.